I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. And obviously, we are marching our way towards the midterms. 19 days to go. Ballots are hitting mailboxes already. I got mine. And what do we do? What do we need to know? As always, we turn to Lindsay Ertz, reporter for KSL News Radio. And uh, Lindsay, you've been doing some uh, deep dive into all of this as we look at voter registration databases and ballots coming out. Uh, I want to kind of dive through. how people and when people can register to vote, where does that information go, what have you learned? Yeah, well, first of all, it's why I'm not in there with you in the (laughs) studio today, boy. It's because I'm swimming in a deep dive of Utah's voter rolls. So, yeah, I don't know if the general population realizes, but Utah has a statewide voter registration database. And what that means is when you register, that is, uh, you know, register to vote, all of your information that you enter in to be eligible to register to vote goes into a program that's operated by a program known as VISTA. And so VISTA talks to Utah's DMV, specifically the driver's license division of Utah's DMV. So when you update your address with your license, when you move, presumably you change your license, unless you opt out at the DMV, your voter record in VISTA automatically gets updated. And so that's how we largely know that we have current information for much of Utah's voters. That's a big chunk of how the voter rolls stay updated. When you think about it, every five years, people update their license, right? Or or when you move, you're supposed to update your license. So the state says they capture about 20% of of voters there. Um, Also, the state allows you to register online. So when you do that, all of your info creates a new voter record. If you're a first-time registered voter, um, all of your data goes in and then gets cross-checked to verify that you're a resident with Utah's DMV, because again, Mm -hmm. those two systems are linked together. Yeah, that's such an important thing in terms of being able to track all of that. That's a lot of data. That's a lot of moving around. Uh, Often when we hear about complaints about voting or voter rolls, uh, it's often, you know, is it the wrong household? Has somebody moved? Has somebody died? Is someone getting multiple ballots? I know you've been looking at the control systems for all of that. Just walk us through that. I think everyone's looking to have confidence in the process. I think Utah does it better than just about any state in the union. Uh, what have you learned about that? Yeah, and I think as I've studied into this, I can say that Utah does do a really good job of this. So basically, because we have this statewide uh, voter database, every clerk's office and, and certain people within the clerk's office have access to that. So they have a record of not how you voted, but your past signatures and your addresses, um, your updated address um, when you move. So you move within Utah, you know, you move from Salt Lake to Davis County, the Davis County clerk can see that you used to live in Salt Lake County. And so they can update your address for you. Um, Again, if you move, you're supposed to change your license. So again, they're capturing a lot of that information when you change your license, but they also want you to notify clerks and let them know 
Um, and then they also check what's called the National Change of Address List. That is a list used by uh, UPS, our uh, United States Post Office, uh, to, to update when people move. Businesses use the NCOA to, you know, you can use it for your wedding list, right, to make sure you have the correct addresses of all your wedding guests. So they check uh, Utah, like they can check a voter against NCOA and check that that person doesn't have a new address. And if they do have a new address, uh, and it doesn't match what they have on their voter record, they're going to send them a postcard to their new address and say, hey, you have to sign this, and we need to verify that you actually live at this current address, and then we're going to change it in our system. So that's how we know that ballots aren't willy-nilly just getting sent to every address. Now, are there some ballots that probably get sent to an old address? Sure. Do people move a lot? And there's 1.6 million voters in Utah in 29 counties. Is it hard to keep this all updated? Sure. But by and large, I would say that uh, the state has really good controls in place to keep the, these voter rolls updated. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So important as we uh, march our way towards the midterms. Of course, we're looking at your voice and your vote, uh, and we've all got opportunities. If you haven't received your ballot, it should be hitting uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, Lindsay, just give us a a quick update in terms of if people don't get that ballot uh, over the course of the next few days, what should they be doing? Where should they be going? Well, in my conversation with Salt Lake County Clerk Sherry Swenson, in fact, I texted her about my own personal <laughs> situation, and she's so nice to answer all my personal questions. But uh, she said, don't panic until Monday, right? And, and by panic, she just means if you don't get your ballot by Monday, give them a call, make sure they have the right address on file, uh, make sure that all your information is correct, because likely what happens is they just, uh, either you haven't updated it, or you moved recently, or something like that. There's just something that needs to be updated uh, to make sure that your ballot gets to the right place. Um, The other thing I'll mention is that the state gets uh, weekly updates from Vital Statistics, the Office of Vital Statistics. Mm. They also check obituaries. So that is telling them who has died in Utah. They also get updates from the Department of Public Safety to make sure those uh, who've committed a felony can't cast a ballot. And then new this year, Boyd, I will just tell you, is uh, the state legislature has now required uh, Utah's uh, lieutenant governor's office to audit the voter rolls. And this is something brand new that they're going to do this year. They're going to take a sample size just like they do with, you know, the ballots and and the data, and they're going to check whether uh, the records on file they have are correct, went to the right voter. So we're going to get audit results Mm. from Utah's voter rolls uh, after this election cycle. Uh, So important, and uh, all of that uh, helps us all have confidence in the process uh, that I think is so vital as we uh, march our way towards the polls and the vote. Anything else you're uh, keeping your eye on, uh, again, as the ballots start hitting the boxes? 
Well, I think it's important to remember, Boyd, that even if you get a ballot to an old address or there's a ballot out there, there are security measures on the ballots themselves that back this system up. And that's really important because, like I mentioned, it's really hard probably to keep um, 1.6 million voters' information correct, right? And there's a lot of county clerks doing a lot of great work. But there are unique IDs on your voter envelope. The paper weighs a certain amount, so you can't recreate ballot paper. Uh, You can't recreate the font on the paper. It has like a unique, uh, I don't know what the term they use is, for lack of a better term, a watermark, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so even if 10 ballots came to your address that you could only vote one of those because it has this unique voter ID on it, they spoil any other ballots. Um, that if they send you multiple ballots. And so I think it's important to remember that even if the voter rolls aren't as clean as they could be, and they are pretty clean, there's other voting security measures in place to back that up. Ah, fantastic. Lindsay Ertz, great reporting and uh, real critical stuff is uh, 19 days to go. I know you're counting that down as well. But Lindsay Ertz, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for this great perspective on voter rolls. And making sure we're all voting with confidence and that the system's going to work and uh, we can all march forward together. Lindsay, thanks for joining us. You bet, boy. Good to chat always. All right. Uh, Again, that's so important. Uh, We all have a duty. Uh, Vote. Whoever you're voting for, vote. Uh, That is your job. That is your opportunity. And it's a chance to raise your voice. And if we don't raise our voices, uh, we can't sit back and complain with the result. We got to be part of the solution, and that's what it's all about. We're going to step aside for top of the hour news as we wrap up hour number one here on Inside Sources. When we come back, we're going to talk about the biggest midterm issue that nobody is talking about. Stick around for hour number two of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.